Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Miles, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bondle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? I'm enjoying the fun, the fun glamour of like live podcasting here because as any may or may not have noticed while we were waiting for our we have to like wait a few seconds before we start recording it's something to do with like how this episode gets put together in the back end don't ask me I am the talent but I like lunged across the room because my fan was still on and I have to turn like everything off in the bedroom before we start recording but especially the fan because I'm told it sounds like a jet engine on the recording I guess my mic must like pick up everything but yeah, it's exciting times. This is what this is what I am reduced to these days, folks. Staying inside, talking to the fan, talking about the fan, whatevs. Here, here it's raining even though the sun is out. So, um, if we suddenly oh, get a burst of thunder, do you know? Do you? This is one of my favorite Southern sayings. Do you know what the Southern phrase for that is? No, Are you Southern enough to know that. Um, if the devil is, it's called the devil is beating his wife. Um, other Southern people will know that that is what it's called when it's raining, but the sun's out. Wow. Welcome to cultural, <laughs> I, I, cultural, I, cross-cultural convos <laughs> on television. I, I, guess, I, I guess my New Yorker is showing that I never actually I was like, that. you've never heard that? I nope. don't think Greg did either. I don't wow. think Greg did either. <laughs> Southerners right. have a lot of weird sayings for things. That's one of the weirder ones, but like my grandma used to say that all the time. Wow. Okay. So what are we talking about today other than the devil beating his wife? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, similar misogynistic themes, I think, a little bit. Uh, we are we are circling back to the Unforgotten season four, the most recent season of Unforgotten, just concluded on Masterpiece. And I suspect some viewers out there are having some big feelings and uh, big thoughts about how the season went down. So we're going to talk about it. That's good. I actually okay. So I am a fan of Unforgotten, and okay. I, wait, I have to say, do you think we should start with the thing that everyone's probably mad about, or save that till the end? Um, I think we should start with the thing that everybody's mad about okay. because it's the Go thing that, it. like, I literally had to bite my tongue not to say. And I re- well, I sort of knew that something was happening, but it's the way that they did it that I'm just like, mm, really. But I really like am proud of myself. Like while I was watching, I watched the finale this morning. And uh, I really like sat on my hands to keep from texting you because I was like, save it for the show. Save it for the show. So um, th- this is, uh, I don't know if this is actually the end of Unforgotten. Let- let's be clear. You know, they could. It's not. It's coming back. It's coming back. The the show. Yeah. The show like tweeted a tweet of him writing something. Oh, wow. Okay. About it. Like it's stuff coming back. Okay. Um, Because uh, basically the show, which to me has always been the, the Nicola Wa- Walker show, uh, no longer has her on the show because she died. Um, And she didn't. Just- I mean, she did. She didn't die in real life. Let's no. be clear. Cassie but- died. Cassie. Okay, DCI, Cassie Stewart, um, the heart and soul of the show, let us be clear to me, has always been the heart and soul of the show. Um, She passes away at the end of episode six um, in the finale. And... You know, I knew that she was going to pass away. Like, I, I, I had seen the spoiler ahead of time, like, bef- when the show aired in the UK. So I knew this was coming. And I was a little mad that I knew this was coming because um, it sort of colored my, my view of the show as I went along. 
But also, I did. I will tell you that I did not know. I really tried. Everybody after it aired in the UK, by the way, I literally just looked it up. I'm holding up my phone like any of you guys can see that. Uh, I just get for ITV did confirm after the season four finale aired in the UK that they will be uh, doing another series. It says ITV would like to thank Nicola Walker for playing the brilliant role of Cassie Stewart in four series of Unforgotten, which has become one of the best and most critically acclaimed police dramas on TV. Uh, Nicola and writer Chris Lang decided Cassie's story would come to an end last night, but that Unforgotten would continue in Series 5 with a new case and a new partner in crime for D.I. Sunny Khan. Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, because I saw that spoiler, I instantly began to like hide myself from anything else because I didn't want to know. Well, like I had seen enough people talking about like, oh my gosh, Americans don't look at the internet. There's something happening. And I was like, oh, someone's leaving. And I just, it, because like, like that's what you know I, th- I thought it was just like a casting announcement or something and I figured that it would probably like to me the narrative was really building up to like her being dissatisfied with her job her being dissatisfied with her life and I was like well this makes sense that she's probably going to hang it up at the end of the season and like go off into retirement with like her nice boyfriend that she treats like dirt and you know just like keep it moving I was not expecting them to kill her off and I feel like I don't, there's there's probably a word for this that I don't that that is probably a German word, <laughs> but um, like it like when they do some like it's just for shock value it feels like a little bit because it's not necessary to the narrative. For and her to die. not only that, but she doesn't. It, I expected her to be murdered by one of the uh, by by one of our suspects. And I, I know she doesn't even get to go out in a blaze of glory. Nope. And I guess on some level, it's more realistic to be like you are more likely to die in an unfortunate car accident than be like stabbed in the head with a pen by a dude who's <laughs> murderous pastor investigating. <laughs> but also, this is a TV show, so yeah. I mean, I just I I um because I had seen that the, the setup was that two of our suspects were going to be cops. Um, and that this was sort of going to be a bunch of probates who had who were somehow involved in a murder um, when they when they were newly gra- when they were newly graduated. And then I knew that Cassie died at the end. I assumed that this was going to go straight up line of duty. Like I thought we were going to go we, we were going to get everything but Adrian Dunbar was what I was expecting. Um, <laughs> and, and we didn't actually go there like that wasn't what the show was. And I was a little I, I was pleasantly surprised by that. I mean, do, don't get me wrong. I love line of duty. Um, but I don't watch Unforgotten to see Line of Duty. I watch Line of Duty to watch Line of Duty. Anyway, um, point is, is that like it actually zagged when I was expecting it to zig, which is a good thing. Um, I I really liked a lot of the way that the suspects were handled this year. Um, there have been seasons where I have been less than thrilled on the way that we've sort of turned suspects into like, you know, which one there's, there's one that gets the redemption edit. There's one that gets the, 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 my life is over edit. There's one that gets the, you know, terrible person edit in, in this one. No, everybody actually got a redemption edit, which I actually really liked, um, in that I liked that we really sort of looked at how this murder really did ruin everyone's lives. Like everyone, there, there were there were no good endings here. There was no happy ending for anyone. You know, while on paper, I can absolutely agree with that, and sort of even say that it's like the smarter narrative choice than the than the one about the the only other one I've seen, which is season three, is like dudes that rent a holiday house and murder the help. But, <laughs> um, I don't. I I have to tell you that despite all of that, I did not find any of the suspects like 
incredibly compelling as characters. I was bored by most of them. I literally had to like repeatedly tell myself which one was Liz and which one was Fiona. <laughs> I was like, because they're the women. But I, I just didn't think any of them were particularly interesting as people. And I think all the interesting stuff that was happening around them, I'm thinking specifically of uh, sort of the kind of dueling plot lines about like having disabled kids was very interesting and did not get enough exploration for me while we had to sit through all this other stuff about like, well, that guy keeps getting out of scrapes with his boss because he just accuses everybody of being racist. I mean, what? Yeah. Um. So, you know, one of the things, Um. and this was more of a season one and season two thing, that one of the suspects always got like the serious redemption arc where like they went and lived happily ever after, even if you didn't kind of think they deserved it. And that that didn't really happen in season three. And they completely got rid of that in season. They, they completely got rid of that in this season, which is part of one of the things that I think I'm reacting to when I say I kind of like the way this ending worked out. I mean, I like that they all were held accountable. Yes. They all had to, in in varying degrees, like pay for the fact that they were involved in this crime. I just think they were all terrible people. They they were. And that, that also helps that they were all, that, that, that there were no good guys here. Like, you know, there's a temptation where you would look and see Liz as the as the as the as the the the, the about to be a DCC who suddenly has her career derailed at the last minute. And you sort of think like but you could be a terrible person and still be interesting. Right? They're terrible people and dull, <laughs> which is like, as we all know, my ultimate sin. Like you can pretty much do anything with a character if you do it in an interesting way. But I'm like, wow, all these people suck as people and like narrative devices. Yeah, I am. Um... What I what I also found that I reacted to, and this is also because this is also due to previous seasons. Um, one of the things about season one that always really bothered me was how unsatisfying the ending was. That we sort of blamed this. That, that basically is that the, the rapey season. No, the the no the rapey or season, season two is that season two is the rapey season. Yeah, season two is the child rape season. Um, yeah. Season one is everybody is in their seventies. The actual person who did it, it has dementia, and she her the murders she committed while oh in, right right and in a in a in a in a postpartum psychosis where she killed the lovers like of there's her no gay ju- there's like no justice here for anybody right and one of the things that always sort of stayed with me about that season even though like i disliked that season i disliked that ending a lot um is that this this was almost accidentally telling a story of how there is no justice and how cold cases can't be properly justify you can't really ever solve this and that it's really just a tragedy and that like you know, on some level i think that's more interesting than some of the stories that they do tell because one of the other things that kind of drove drove me up the wall a little bit about this even though i do like that everybody kind of had their own guilt to deal with and and needed to be you know punished appropriately for whatever but also like in real life nothing slots together this neatly and like Ever, like I like the messiness of admitting that even if you solve this crime, there's it's still like maybe that's justice, but it's not peace. Yeah. And it's not healing. And it's not, you know, you know like I like the messiness of that as yeah. opposed to this where they figure out this sort of intricate 
like no way would it happen in real life connection between all these people and these tiny incidents that snowballed into other things and yada yada. Yeah, I I will say, okay, the thing is, is that if season one had actually been saying that, yes. But the thing is that season one gave us that messy ending. And then Cassie looks at the camera and basically says, oh, look, justice has been done. I feel good about things. And that's what I didn't like about the first season is that basically. Well, I, I will say that what the, one of the things I did like about the end of season three was that it kind of leaned into that, that like, yes, Cassie solved the case, but it didn't actually make anything better for her or necessarily for the other people. Yeah. And that's since season two, that's been a thing that's been a rolling thing. Um, they've been basically sort of rolling, snowballing that since the child rape season where like, even though where, where she basically like lets everybody off because they've all suffered so much. And then season three she actually catches the killer and it doesn't make her feel any better and so like I liked the fact that we were snowballing into this mess and that Cassie is a complete mess this season in a way even more than she has been in like she's always been a mess in all seasons. Well I like I like that the show's not afraid I didn't like her this season at all Mm -hmm. and I think that it's really a a bold thing of a show like this to make its lead so unlikable Mm -hmm. and so unsympathetic in so many different ways But I did like, to me, it felt like she was on a very specific arc about wrestling with what, you know, what did doing her job mean? What was justice really? Did she want to even be part of this world anymore? And it felt like that was working towards a sort of natural end point or like a at least some sort of catharsis. Yes. And instead she just got hit by a car. Yeah, and it's not and and you know, we have all four suspects in cars. We've literally added in all of Dean's family who like know who she is now and are like, you know, career criminals. And there's like a hundred different ways that she could have been killed because she couldn't just leave well enough alone with this damn case. And what happens? No, 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 no. It's just a carjacker who like accidentally ran into her. I mean, and on some on some level, I I I can admit that that is much more like what is going to happen in real life. That it is much more likely that you'll just die in a tragic accident than it is that you'll be knocked off by a crime family. But it doesn't feel to me like a satisfying conclusion of the story the show was telling with her. Because no, because even not. if you kill off a character, you can still feel like in. In that death, in the in the ending of that story, there is still a sense of closure. Mm-hmm. There was zero closure here about anything. Nope. And you know what's funny? I actually was convinced that um, when she calls her dad and she leaves like the the message about like sorry that we keep fighting all the time because I hate your new girlfriend or wife or whoever she is. Um, I was like, oh no, her dad's definitely gonna die. I was convinced that the, I was like someone's going to die and I assumed it was her father and they were never going to be able to like fix all the wrong in their relationship and that would just be another burden and another grief that she had to carry. And, you know, so props on being surprising, I guess. But I thought for sure that her dad was the one that was going to die. No, I, 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 since I knew it was her, like I basically was waiting the whole season for someone to bump her off and then she died randomly. Um, I, I will say that I... Of of the cases, I do rank this one. Um, I still think season two is the best case because it's the one that, even though it's kind of unbelievably complicated, and as you say, like you, it, well, this is a TV show level type stuff. Um, honestly, like I, 
I, I, I still think that one was the most satisfying of the puzzle pieces of how all of the suspects fit together, or in that case, three of the suspects fit together. Um, I think it was the organized crime element that mm, really like yes. pushed it over the top for me. Because I was like, wait, what? Yeah. And the fact that it's the guy who killed his brother, like that part, like I was like, that was not necessary. Like, I actually think it's better if he's a stranger or if he's just a dude they know randomly and it's an accident and they didn't know what to do. So they covered it up. Yeah. Or the or they like, oh, no, like. Yeah, you know how they do this in movies sometimes where people find somebody who's been badly injured, they decide that it's just much easier to kill them than to explain, like, (laughs) how they got badly injured where they were. Like, that, to me, would have made more sense than the sudden introduction of, like, this one dude is from an organized crime family. Yeah, I um I liked Dean as sort of a one off does does random one off crimes with Rom, but then like is also but he's doing it to like I don't know fund his and that he's basically doing it to fund the fact that he has a disabled kid. Like I I, I wanted them to do more with the disabled kid parts. Yes, I absolutely wanted that. Yeah, me too. I thought that was really interesting, especially because those two are the only ones of the four who stayed in contact. Mm -hmm. And they stayed in contact because they had to commit some crimes for one of them's disabled kid. And then the other one was probably also about to have a disabled kid. So, like, there was just so much there that that they didn't do anything with that I I found that very disappointing. Because, I don't know, there's just way easier crimes to commit than, like, joining a crime gang. (laughs) Like, just sell drugs. (laughs) I don't know. Commit some internet fraud. <laughs> Steal someone's bank account number. Like, do some identity theft. Yeah, you know, that that being said, like, there were things... Okay. I do not endorse any of those crimes, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um... Uh, to 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 walk away from that part of the conversation. Um, I, I <laughs> um do not endorse crime. Just yeah. putting that double shore. Yeah. Uh, I I would say one of the things I did really like about this season, and I thought was going to be bigger, was that Cassie and Sonny were starting to sort of clash. And I wanted, I, I, especially after episode four, I really thought we were going to, that was the other reason why I, I, I assume she's going to be killed by somebody. Well, why isn't Sunny there? Well, because they've broken up and because that's the last relationship she hasn't screwed up yet. And like, I was sort of waiting for the ROM, the, 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 the ROM, uh, accusations and his, and, and his, and, and his, and, and his always anticipating, like, that someone's going to accuse him of stuff because of his skin color. Like, I was expecting that to somehow, like, like, that Cassie would basically overstep and, like, say something wrong or not even mm. mean to, but say something wrong the way white people do See, when they're I definitely being stupid. Read, I definitely read, what's his name, Rom? Yes. I definitely read Rom's, like, obsession with that as using that as sort of, like, a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like, oh, that person can't be believed because they're racist. I didn't. They only think I did that thing because they're racist. Like, he was just using it as a prop and that it wasn't, like, a legit... <laughs> thing he was experiencing i actually really liked the fact that it wasn't that in the end it wasn't that that in the end it actually was a real thing with him that it wasn't that he wasn't using it as a get out of jail free card that he wasn't that kind of jerk that he actually really was like that that was really like a deep set thing that was just always there and oh that, i think he's still a jerk yeah, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> um but i i sort of i i was sort of waiting for that to blow up and for them to to to, to basically make it so that cassie had overstepped everywhere and then they didn't do that. Mm. And 
I, it did feel a little bit like Chekhov's gun that they had like two or three conversations about like, you need to let me know if my anger about my pension is influencing the way I read the cops involvement or the lack thereof in this case. And then that just sort of went nowhere, which was weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there were, there were definitely sort of things that like I was, I was expecting to suddenly be bigger and sort of got dropped. Um, I also, I mean, honestly, like, Sonny is my favorite character in the show um, and kind of always has been. I, I love Cassie. I think of her as like the she's the heart of the show. But I Khan always has all the great lines. Um, like when I do all the funny quotes in my recaps, like um, they're 99 percent him. Um, and, you know, he has the whole little Sonny's backpack thing that he does on Twitter. The actor does on Twitter, which I think is adorable. Like, I, I think that's adorable, even though I don't entirely understand what the purpose of it is. But OK, um, it, I, it was I, I like I think it was around season two like there was something on twitter on why does sunny always carry that backpack what the heck is in there because he never opens it and like it turned and and the actor basically like glommed onto it and it turned into like a whole thing and now there's like actual sunny backpack sunny's backpack like videos on youtube anyway (laughs) um it's cute um and actually like there's a level where like i'm actually quite pleased to hear there's a season five because i'd like to see what a season which like focuses on him would look like um i loved his i loved the marriage proposal like that actually of all the moments in the show like that one actually was the one that got me choked up was like like i know i was supposed to cry at the end of when cassie died like i know i was supposed to but the actual thing that like made me well up and go was when he kind of looks over and says and goes hey would you marry me like i just it was so real to me like that that i I have never been a fan of like the big showy proposals anyway and there was just something so quiet and nice about it that it just that really got me well and also like when you're in these horrible situations that does make you kind of reevaluate uh where you are in your life and what you really value and all of that kind of stuff so it makes sense yeah i that 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 was probably like honestly like the fact that he's got this kind of quiet relationship with sal that's sort of built over the last few seasons like i like everything about that um it's it's part of i i I, i'm sorry we didn't actually get to see his daughters this season you wait you do meet them in season three so you have actually met them. yeah because they because there's that awkward subplot where their mom tries to say they should all get back together like for the sake of the kids or something horrible like that um, I will say the part that got me was her dad listening to her phone message on repeat. That was really yeah, that was like also gut that, punch. Actually, what got me with the gut punch there was the fact that I suddenly realized that his incredibly eloquent thing that he'd said to her standing over the bed, and I was like, "Wow, for a guy for, for a guy who's kind of fading, this seems to really have brought him." No, he's literally just repeating her message. And that just that that was that that's oh the part about the part about Saturday markets or whatever it was yeah I didn't catch that um, immediately but I had to actually watch it twice because I was distracted yeah I I, when I when when I suddenly when she got to that part in the message and I suddenly realized that she's literally saying the exact same words he'd said over her bedside it's not that he's better it's just that he's listened to this message so many times over and over again that that's all he can repeat now. And that that's so tragic. And it's just, yeah, like that, that definitely also kind of got me. It didn't make me cry, but it definitely got to me. Um, honestly, like, I, 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 I want to talk about the, your, your, you noted at the beginning, the misogynistic aspects of this show, which have been always sort of a thing that I have glossed over with these, because there is a level where a lot of mysteries are just kind of misogynistic and we just have to accept yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. And maybe it's why I notice it more than you do, because I don't watch as many of these. Yeah. 
But um, to me, it's just of the air, and you simply accept and breathe in and out. Um, <laughs> um, I, 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 but I would love you to talk about it because it's because I let it gloss over so much that I, I think it's really important that we do actually sort of talk about that. I mean, I think there are a lot of. And there are a lot of things we could talk about. We could talk about the fact that Cassie dies when she doesn't necessarily have to to serve the interest of the story. Um, that that she doesn't die in service of anything. That it's just a horrible accident. That her entire funeral is about Sonny talking about her. That the women who are part of this foursome have... How do I even say this? Like much more weirdly emotional um, uh, responses to it than the men did. Like, um, Man, Fiona's like rabbit hole just ooh. kept going. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I understand that, that I totally, I actually really liked the part where, where she was explaining to someone, I can't remember, it must have been her husband, about how she like fell into a bottle and never came out. Oh no! For, that that she says that to Sunny and early on. Yeah, and I was just like, "This is so you know, that's just so real of how that experience is from my experiences of watching various members of my family make that choice." But um, I don't, I don't know. It's just some. There's just like a. I, I don't, I don't even. There's just sort of like a film on some of this that like the. The, I do, to the show's credit, like I said before, I do really like that it's not afraid to have Cassie be really unsympathetic and unlikable and really angry and directing that anger in all the wrong places. But like when you look at her and you look at Sunny, who does the same job and experiences these same things, like the way the show depicts their reaction to it is really not great, I don't think. I don't... I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to know how much of it is straight up, just straight up sort of garden variety misogyny or just the show trying to make Cassie as unlikable as possible for whatever reason. But it's, I don't know. Like I, I enjoyed this show more than many of the mysteries that you have forced me to watch. <laughs> but um, I think that's because the character work in it is really good even if I don't always necessarily agree with the choices the show makes for the characters in it. I, I will say that um, I Fiona was my least favorite character, but it, man, that, that scene with the kids, <gasps> when she starts confessing about the night Walsh died to her kids, and the husband is sitting there going, I thought we were going to talk about a car crash. <laughs> And I mean, like, did. like that whole, like that whole scene was like that is one of those memorable scenes that will probably stay with me for quite some time because it really, it really captured the sort of boundaryless wonder that is part of being an addict in a way that I have not seen done on television. And, you know, you say about character work like that's I know you sort of felt like that these characters were boring, but it's it's the things like that that this show does that get me and, and is the, one of the, the reasons why I keep coming back. One of the things that's interesting is I thought they did a much better job with it with some of the uh, kind of satellite characters, if you will, like, um, like Rom's wife, Rom, Rom's wife. Oh, yeah. Was 
so like that's such a you know that's such another thing you don't see a lot on television like she's seriously wrestling with whether or not she could be a parent to a child with disabilities yeah claire calbraith is just she's fantastic and it's you know it's funny because most of the time like we have like the foursome of suspects and then we have sort of their spouses and their spouses aren't like really like they don't have major roles and and i think it's really uh, also about just the caliber of actress that she is that she did so much with such a small part i know she was my favorite of the sort of the secondary people but i also really wish they'd given us a little more depth to um, Liz's relationship with her girlfriend. Oh yeah, who, as, ba- who barely registered. And honestly, it's I the- t- honestly can't tell you her name. <laughs> does she have a name? I don't know. She 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 does. Um, and I know I wrote it down in the first episode recap because <laughs> I needed to go back and check. I think it might be Janet. But I, for me, it was the part where like Liz does that sort of teary confession about how her relationship with this woman like brought her back from the sort of depth of whatever. And you're just like, I have no idea how that happened because I have no idea who this woman is or what your relationship is like yeah because you and and partly because you've had more conversations with you Eug- with eugenia the woman who is looking after your mother than you have with oh, your wait can we talk about that and how necessary unnecessary that entire subplot was i i like, there's always a that is one of those things that unforgotten kind of does that sort of distracts like really we had to make the like black elder care lady like mm. blackmail her boss for money? Yeah. Like, yeah. And that and that is totally a setup so that when Liz gives her, you know, a check for 10,000 pounds to sort of, uh, uh, to sort of, you know, uh, to, to, to make herself feel, to, to like it's know, back pay. Like or back something. pay. Yeah. Like when she does, like that is, that is taking a character and literally using them as a prop to make another character look good. And I mm-hmm. just, I, yeah. I mean, everything about that rubbed me the wrong way from, from her relationship with her mom to her mom's relationship with her with her to both of their relationship with the caretaker lady like all of that is so like you men they don't give that story to men no they don't and you know the thing is is that i really like i i sheila hancock is an amazing actress and i thought she did an amazing job as the mom and i wanted i i wanted that to be much more than it was i remember when i watched like the first episode i was like i wonder if she's the murderer because i was like because you know she's like a hey it's that guy kind of actress like you've seen her in other things and you're like does she really sign on to this to like just hang out in this bed and be yep. snarky. Yep, I was gonna say a different word, but we're a family podcast. <laughs> but yeah, no, that is that is that is correct. She did really just sign on to basically have those scenes in the bed. Um, you know, I, I the thing is, is that unfair, and that's actually a, a thing that I think that also didn't doesn't come across unless you've watched all four seasons. How much a how much a a, a show Unforgotten is for big actors in the uk to sign on to who, like need who like need a bit part and some cash i'm not um, mad at them it's the same reason that all the broadway actors do law and order well no i was gonna say because the first season had this absolutely a-list killer cast of suspects like bernard hill from lord of the rings and ruth sheen and Gemma jones right like this like it was really like and because it came in with that kind of like stacked cast it has always sort of had like a this is a place where the good actors go to do tv work 
for oh, for okay. for a season kind of kind of you know sort of an aura around it of that um a little bit like people signing on for the crown you you, you know really great actors sign on and do two seasons and then get their get their emmys and their golden globes and go home right yeah so that that i i think that's partly why she was there but honestly like but she didn't do anything. I know she didn't do anything. I thought anything. at least she would have helped her daughter cover it up or something. Like, right? I was like, she did nothing yeah. except have, like, a vaguely kind of menacing Miss Havisham vibe, which I'm not against on paper, but, like, it didn't go anywhere. Um, I also, one thing you did text me, which I thought was really interesting, is how much you hated the theme song. Oh, my gosh. I hate the theme song. Like, oh, uh, I don't know. <sighs> To me, that theme song feels so tonally out of sync with what the rest of the show is that it just blows my mind. And number one, are we still doing theme songs show? Like, are we still... uh, Most shows don't even have credits anymore unless they're on HBO. Like, we really got to have this mournful, like, proto-Taylor Swift business happening here. Like, what even... Ugh. It's so bad. It, it is. It, okay. First of all, it is very 2015, um, which is about which is when the first season, uh, when the first season debuted. It's um, it's called "All We Do" is the name of the actual song, um, and I believe I believe Ant of Deck and Ant were the ones who, was the guy who wrote it. Wait, well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I vaguely remember reading something like that like early on. I don't actually remember the name of the band anymore. Um, but like it, it, I tech I love the song, okay? But I also really liked indie music or you know, circa twenty fifteen. So, you know, this is this is this I, is, I I don't know if the I don't know if you played me the song sort of like in situ, not connected to the show in any way. I'd probably like it. I love a whiny ballad. But I, putting it as like the title track for this show is just so one of these things does not belong here to me and it's this song and honestly i think much like this show has sort of morphed over four seasons into i i feel like this song sort of tells you what this show thought it was going to be when it premiered in season one and that it's really not that show anymore and that um, honestly, with the changeover of Cassie, like I would not be surprised if they changed the theme song. At the same time, I, I don't so. want them to because I freaking love the song. Um, I'd actually have to like go download it or something. Um, maybe I'd have to find out who actually freaking sang it. Um, I mean, it's not as bad as oh gosh, what was it that we watched before this that just had the worst theme song? Atlantic Crossing. Yeah, theme Atlantic song was like truly the worst theme song. But yeah, that was truly incongruous. Like this is a song that I don't know that I would hate if I encountered it in the wild. But as a as a umbrella for the show, it's bad. Yeah, I think I think it also helps that since I I caught it with the first season that it didn't bother me so much because it felt a little more appropriate then. And of course, as I said, I love indie music. The first season is a whiny ballad. The first season does have whiny ballad overtones. It does in a way. Um, the, the the first season is also the one where the suspects are the least connected of anything because the murder is in the basement of a flop house. And so all of them were transients who are passing through. Um, so they don't have like the, 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 the strong connection. Like season three where they're all best friends, like that is such a 180 from season one's like format. 
of of how these suspects are going to relate to each other or like even this season where they were all in a car together like these in season one like those those are four people who would never be in a car together because they would they were barely in the building at the same time and they all they all would have hated each other had they actually spoken words to each other (laughs) right like it's no it's really like that kind of thing and so yeah like i i think when this show first evolved there was sort of this idea that it wasn't going to be quite this packed like like this level of interconnected yeah. between all the people in it. Yeah, I think there was sort of a level of that we were going to have four completely unconnected people who vaguely all stayed in a house around the same time as each other. I have to say, and I know I said this when we talked about it a few weeks ago, <sighs> the show's formula is tiresome. No matter how good all the sort of little mini arcs these characters get are, the fact that you can tell instantly that the first two, three people they talk to are definitely not the one that did it is, it's, uh, like, it's, I don't know. There's just a certain, there's just a, and maybe this, maybe this is actually another problem that I talked about last time. Maybe it's that the seasons are a little, an episode, maybe two longer than they need to be because I just feel like dragging it out like this to be like, well, we know that person didn't do it because there's still three more people who haven't had their like time in the narrative spotlight. And it's just, I don't know. It just drags for me because of that. Yeah. I am. I, I, I am not, I will not defend the formula. Like, on one hand, it does make recapping it a lot easier because I know which episode we're on. This is the episode where we get the second body twist, right? Like I know, like and, and 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 this is the episode where we'll find out who actually did it, but we won't actually get arrested. Like that's the you know the <laughs> right. Like this is this is this is the the like the 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 episodes each follow like and it makes you know if you if you are sitting down and you have to spit out like seven hundred fifty words about the episode, it's really helpful to know like you know if you're if we're on episode if we're on episode two then we know the murderer and we're going to start rounding up the suspects well because the thing is is like by the time they get around to like talking to rom as much as he was my least favorite character and the one that i thought probably was most likely to have done it i was like expletive i know he didn't do it because they still haven't talked to the other guy i you know honestly like i i don't think you should write a show that's easy to recap (laughs) And and my and I don't think I'm actually complimenting it when I say that hey the formula makes it easy to recap. I think that's actually probably very rude of me. Um, you know, one of the other shows I'm I'm recapping right now, The Beast Must Die, um, has really surprised me, and it's actually become fun to recap because it's totally going in directions I didn't expect because it has no formula, and. When it does try to overlay a formula, I actually get mad at it because that's no, no, don't do that. It's better when you don't. Um, and I, I, I feel like Unforgotten never learned that lesson. And you know, maybe this is a ch- again, you know, we are since we are getting a season five. Maybe moving on from Cassie will allow the show to loosen up. But honestly, I, I don't think so. I, I, I have to say that this sh- of all the all the changes this show has made, the one thing it never changes is that formula. And I believe that they really are married to it. I think that's unfortunate. For many reasons, not the least of which is that it sort of does take the fun out of the middle section mm-hmm. when you know that you're not like you like you could just be like, mm-hmm, that person didn't do it. That person didn't do it. That person didn't do it. So that means this person did it because he's the last one they talked to. Yeah, I I didn't 
I, I actually didn't. I don't know. Like, honestly, I, I also knew that Dean did it because um, our, our uh, PBS back end, basically, that was the only guy that they, like, gave us a photo of it first for the final episode. So I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I Damn didn't it, know PBS. that because I have to reset my password on Press Room for, like, the millionth time. <laughs> um, that's inside baseball. No one cares about that but me. But I'm annoyed. So I will tell everyone. Um yeah, I don't know. As somebody, well, you didn't tell me your take on misogyny, but we could skip that if you want to. I just you could I tell think, me as the no, per- you know, I, I I think that this is the the, the show has always had, as I said, sort of a, a an of the air. Um, you know, like I I'm thinking of you didn't watch season two, but there's a one of the four suspects is a former prostitute, because of course she is, and the other one has been labeled hysteric all her life because of course mm. she has. And ladies see, be having feelings. And and season one, like the actual solution is a woman who had postpartum psychosis and went around killing her gay husband's lovers. I mean, for that's heaven's re- that's a lot. I mean, that's um, a lot. Right? Like, if if you're if you've accepted that a show will do that, you've sort of accepted that like that's just of the air. You know what I you know what I actually hope happens in season five? It won't because this I, I suspect that they're gonna want to try to get like another like known quantity name person oh i want fran i want i want it to be fran me too i want it to be fran so badly i love fran yes like she she is quietly one of my favorite characters she is my favorite part of the show hands down yeah like i absolutely like like if if, i i seriously doubt that chris lang is listening um but you know if if he happens across this podcast and is one of the 40 people in my mother who actually listens to it more uh, people than that listen to it don't listen to her Um, I, 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 please, please promote Fran. Oh my gosh. Fran is hands down my favorite part of the show. Yeah. I love her. And I wish they would promote her and just make the show Sunny and Fran because I thought that was sort of like what the last episode was anyway. And it was great. But, um, I suspect that ITV at the very least will want to oh yeah have like more of a name person yeah. in the role. And that will cause conflict because it's a person who's not like Cassie and da da da, and everybody's to get used to it. Like, yes, and that also fits with the way the show is sort of formulaic, and that's the sort of thing you expect from a show like this to do. Um, I, I please, please, please zag, please zag and promote Fran. I love Fran. Get Fran a spinoff. I, well, maybe not. I don't really need that many cool case shows in my life, but just give Fran more. I love her. Um. Well, considering I sprang the news that the show was coming back on you, what do you want from it? Um, well, you know, as I said, I, I, I've always loved Sonny. And, you know, I, I, I think a show centered around him could be really interesting. Um, I would love it if they promoted Fran to be like his 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 Sonny um, so that we sort of like in the, in the way that we've gone from like Morse to Lewis to Endeavor that we sort of have that same sort of like, you know, the, the sidekick becomes the main and they get a new sidekick kind of thing. I, I love that. Um, I really wish they dropped the formula, but I don't think they will. Um, I am very curious how killing off Cassie will repercuss throughout a new case. Um, because one of the things about this show that has made it so great is that the trauma of each case carries over. Like, it's not like we reset and it's a new case and everybody forgets about the last one. 
Mm. And I, I think that's I think that's actually one of the keys to its success. And I would like to I, I would like to see how how all of this affects Sonny. I would also like to see his kids. Please bring them back next season. Um, I would also like to see him and Sal be married and and and, and give them more to do that, too. And, and while we're promoting Fran, I would like her to have a love life. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I just want all good things for Fran. I don't feel like Sonny was such a big part of this season. Do you? Like he I, felt sort of like very absent to me. Yeah, he. I, I. I feel like because we were so focused on Cassie that he didn't get nearly as much as he usually does. Um, and I think that that, especially if we're just gonna, especially if we're going going gonna go to season five and make him the center, then then I I expect them to step up. I agree. I haven't watched the show long enough to have a lot of opinions about it, but um, about what it should do next. I'm not entirely convinced that it shouldn't have just ended. Yeah, you know, I honestly thought it was, I, I honestly thought this was it. I honestly thought that, you know, I was going to sit down on Monday and write, uh, will there be an Unforgotten season five? And the answer would be no. And now I know that I'm not going to do that. Yeah, you're going to write one that's like, will there be an Unforgotten season five? It'll be yes. <laughs> um we need our clicks, folks. Click on the articles. Um, that's not true. But do also click on the articles. I, I don't know. I don't know what I want. I don't feel like I have enough of a firm handle on the show to really know what would make it better or worse. Um, I would like it to write women a little bit better. I would like it to give Fran everything because Fran is amazing. I would like to feel like I got to know Sonny at all. And possibly that's because I haven't watched the first two seasons that I feel like that. But to me, he sort of just feels like he's there most of the time. He seems like a really nice person who is there, but also just there. So I would like him to have some sort of... Because I, I do feel at least like like Cassie on both of the seasons I've seen has had a really defined arc toward, you know, either towards like a breakdown towards a less bad breakdown towards maybe trying to figure out how to heal from her various rages and, and personal demons. But I don't feel like I think Sonny has necessarily. And I would like that for him. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that you didn't see the first two seasons and you sort of missed the divorce stuff, I think is partly key to why he probably, because you're right. He hasn't had as much to do since then. They, they gave, they gave him Sal and now he's happy. And that's not a bad thing. Like, you know, we want good things for people. Well, yes, but happiness doesn't mean, uh, this is one of my like biggest, um, pet peeves about sort of media writ large is that, uh, uh, I forget who said this. It, it was someone Russian, Tolstoy Chekhov, said something about the fact that like happy people are not interesting. It's so true. But happy people are absolutely interesting, or they can be interesting. It's just that it's harder to write. It's harder to write people that don't have obvious like like points of of unhappiness in their life. Well, you know, I I, I think that like most shows, though, especially mystery shows, like. It's a, it's an unhappy person looking for happiness. That's the whole that's the whole thing about the mystery genre is that it's 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 pulling order out of chaos. That's why we watch them. That's why we love them. That's that that's the addicting thing is to watch someone go into the chaos of death and destruction and build order from finding clues that you overlooked. That's why that that's that was the appeal of Sherlock Holmes and that's been the appeal of these detective shows ever since. And it's why police procedurals have been like one of the most successful television genres of all time along with hospitals because again and hospitals are the same thing it's also pulling order from chaos well and it's also like the most natural setting of like high emotional stakes yeah. because 
in your think about your everyday life for a second you don't go through these like huge peaks and valleys of like joy and sadness and tragedy and redemption like most of us just go along and like live our lives and we have small moments of everything but nothing that says like i'm making it up and down motion with my hand you know that that it's not as dramatic as all of that but that does not mean it's not interesting it's just that people are too lazy to tell that story I suppose that's true. Um, I just, you know, I, I honestly, like, I, I will say that when Unforgotten sort of turned into a medical drama at the beginning of the final episode, I was like, oh, look, um, now we have mystery and medical all in one. Anyway, um, I think unless you have anything else to say, that's basically my take. Unforgotten will return. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Um, I await to see who they cast in it. And we'll and we'll adjust my expectations accordingly. <laughs> if they promote Fran to season to, to 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 series star, I will be very happy. Me too. They won't, but let's keep that dream alive until they don't. Um, that is our show for this week. So Annie, tell the people where they can find you and your stuff on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find pictures of my cats who are at the door meowing right now because they really want some dinner um, at uh, Annie Bundle on Instagram where they are fuzzy. Um, let's see. I am a staff writer at Elite Daily. I am an associate editor here at Televisions. And I also freelance around the web. Um, so, you know, if you basically if you want to know what I wrote this week, just go to my Twitter and like follow me because I retweet all my bylines. Yeah. Huzzah. Um, I am also on Twitter. I am Lacey MB. That is L-A-C-Y-M-B. And like Annie, I write a lot around the entertainment web, including on televisions.org. But I always tweet my bylines. So come be my friend. Check that out and enjoy me complaining about a variety of things, which is basically just like the show, but every day. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't want any of that... um, the site and the pod are both on social media. We are Telly underscore Visions on Twitter and Televisions Blog, all one word, on Facebook. Televisions is a product of WETA. And if you like what we do, you can visit televisions.org and click on that donate button up top to help us keep doing it. By doing so, you can also get access to PBS Passport, which will allow you to watch the entire run of Unforgotten which I don't know why I keep almost calling Unforgiven every time I talk about it, but those are very different things. I blame Clint Eastwood. All four seasons are on Passport for those of you who need to rewatch them while we wait for season five. Um, Other than that, I don't know. We're back here being tired of being in our homes, wearing masks, social distancing, and arguing with strangers on the internet. JK, I'm never tired of arguing with strangers on the internet. But... Please, please, if you haven't yet, get vaccinated. It will help you, your loved ones, and strangers on the street. And it is easy, free, and awesome. We love we love medical science here at this show. Uh, other than that, just, I don't know, do something nice for a stranger. Be kind. We're all going through it. And we're all we got. Hopefully we can at least keep you entertained while we're all trapped in the house. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.